cliffcentral.com. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday. Jack McClante. Good morning. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm I'm good. Uh, truth be told, uh, I'm, I'm floating on a cloud this morning. Why? Uh, it was my dad's birthday yesterday. Ah, so happy, happy to him. Yeah, the old man Very is good. getting a little older. Uh, good. But um, yeah, he's on my neck about these grandkids. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. know, I love the way he uses his birthday as an opportunity yeah. to like leverage you into having exactly. grandchildren. His his point was. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm I'm getting older. I'm not going to be able to play with your kids. Yeah. So you need to have them now. Well, while you I can say still run just around. Uh, then stop getting older. <laughs> yeah. Don't put pressure on me. I got shit to do. I want to live Thank my you. life. Yeah. Thank you. I still have so many things on my bucket list. Uh, you know, mm. I, I this this thing comes up from time to time on the show, and we we talk about like there's obviously if you think about the great purpose of life. Yeah. A big part of that has to be to have children. It has so, to be. It's like it's on everyone's radar. Even people who've said they are, they are, I definitely don't want children. Mm-hmm. But it's harder for women because you've got this window. Yeah. You know, and there's just nothing that science or nature or uh, modern technology will abide that will stretch that window any wider. Yes, unless you are a multimillionaire like Janet Jackson. I think she gave birth at the age of 50 or something like that. Well, you you can, but you take a huge risk that the child's yeah. going to be uh, mongoloid or retarded or mm-hmm. fucked up in some way. And, Even yourself. You could fuck yeah. yourself up. Actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, there's, there's a lot of danger. And I suppose they're those people who freeze their eggs. Yeah. You know, they... They do the whole series. They do that thing. whole thing. So mm. you, 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 there are ways, but it's not it's not great. Yeah. But I mean, plus, you don't want to be, and I've thought about this too, I don't want to be like a 70-year-old dad, dad picking up his kids from soccer practice. Yeah, I mean, Al Pacino had got twins not so long ago, and he's like in his 80s or something. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, uh, it's, worth, it's worth looking into. Yeah, but, uh, but don't feel any pressure just because your dad says so. No, no, no. He's a, he's he's an intelligent man, like extremely intelligent man. So well, you have to get it from somewhere. Yeah. So <laughs> the things that he tells me, I really take to heart. And after last night, <laughs> I'm actually starting to consider it seriously now. Good. Mm. All right. Time will tell. I'm. Uh, you know what? He's just got to keep living. That's yeah. the point. Yeah. Said him. Yes, you can have grandchildren. Just stay alive and Please. stay healthy. Please. Um. So many things to get into today. Yeah. Uh, I've got a whole list of stuff here, but I do want to remind you that tomorrow, as we usually do on a Wednesday, we've got a special guest. And I recorded this last week. Um, Eric from Bold and the Beautiful, Eric Ooh. Forrester. Oh, my God. Right? Ah. Yes. He is our guest tomorrow. John McCook, the actor who's been on that show for 30. Seven or 38 years? That's longer than I've been alive. Mm-hmm. So he literally raised some of us. Yes. Yeah. Like we, I we, watched we... him on TV as Eric Forrester as a child. Yeah. And, and I am old ass. Yeah, like. <laughs> so that, that'll tell you all you need to know. Mm-hmm. That, that's some dedication for you. If, if no. you don't know, uh, if you've never come across a better example of staying in the fucking saddle. Absolutely. That's it. And that guy knows, he knows how to play a character. Yeah. Every day. 37 or 38 years. I can't remember exactly how long it is. It's almost 40 years. Yeah. And he's played the same character and he knows it inside out and the Oof. audience love him. And he's one of only two actors who've been on that soap from day one. Who's the other one? Uh, the woman who plays Brooke. 
Oh. Catherine Kelly Lang. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that's coming up tomorrow. You don't want to miss that. Fantastic. Loads of things to get to. You know, um, I see Jacob Zuma's in the news. Uh, Again. He's been suspended from the African National Congress for refusing <laughs> to vote for it and forming a rival organization. And, like he gives a shit about being like suspended. He doesn't care. He does not he does care. Not. And, and, and I'll tell you what. The funny thing about the ANC at the moment is they're so unpopular and people hate them so much. Um, and, and, of course, there are conspiracy theories that actually this is just a way to get ANC voters back in the fray, get them to vote for the MK party, and then the MK party just hands Does over. Does a coalition, yeah. Now they hand over their power essentially to the ANC after the election. Mm. And there may be some validity to that. I don't know. It's too early to tell yeah. what's going on. And if they are hoodwinking their voters, that just shows you how dumb their voters are, which again plays into the fact that maybe they shouldn't have a vote in the first place. But hmm. we'll get to that discussion later. Yeah. I, at this point... I'm looking at it and I'm saying this this old man is angry mm-hmm. and vengeful mm-hmm. and he has every right to be because the way he sees it and I know lots of people it's very uh, it's very on vogue at the moment to hate Jacob Zuma yeah right has been since he was you know the last year of his presidency let's say in fact th- when the m- when the whole country eventually woke up oh this guy's not great for us <laughs> uh, and I'd been saying this for what 10 years I think the moment the word gupta became part of our everyday you know language yeah. that's when people are like hey wait a minute sure. maybe this might not be our best option right mm. but um he's got reason to be angry think about it he's suddenly had to take the fall for everyone else in the ANC who's corrupt and that means yep. everyone else in the ANC mm-hmm. uh he He's reviled and hated by a certain segment of the population, but he is absolutely loved. Loved. And and you may think this is outrageous and crazy, but there are people in KZN who would die for Jacob Zuma. Without a shadow of a doubt. There's no one in South Africa who would die for Cyril Ramaphosa. Nope. <laughs> no, no, there isn't. <laughs> Not there, one. You can you could say what <laughs> you one. want. Say what you want about Ace Marashule, Cyril. Mm. Nomvula Mokonyane, Batavile, whoever. Nobody cares about them. No, no. one's going to die for Tabumbeki. Nope. Unfortunately. Nope. No one's going to die for um, any of Nelson Mandela's grandchildren. Not not a one. No. Them. In fact, everyone in the world sees them coming. They're like, look after your wallet. Yep. Um, but this man, and, I, and you can hate him as much as you want, right? I, I hear from people... Um, and and it's it's weird. It's, there's this coalition of people. They don't know they're a coalition, but it's it's like white liberals who feel like he's betrayed them in some way. Mm-hmm. It's people who are not Zulu who feel that he's a tribalist, who are uh, Tswana, mm-hmm. Pedi, Sutu, uh, Swazi, whoever. Yeah, those people are very like angry with him in in ways that. Also doesn't make sense. And then there are people who feel like he was just he's he's the, the the vessel into which we'll pour all of our negative feelings. Because if we can blame him, we don't have to blame the ANC. Yeah. So it's this He's he's like, become some weird these, scapegoat. Yeah, correct. And all these people I've just described now and some others who hate him too. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I love him. Don't get me wrong here, because you know how the comment section goes, Oh, you know, um, you, you obviously, if you're saying this, you, you support Zuma. So I'm not yeah. saying that. Just listen carefully to what I'm saying, right? Otherwise, I'll, your vote should be taken away as well. <laughs> um, there are all these groups that hate him. Yeah. 
But there's a huge number of people in this country who love him. True. And those people are passionate beyond belief. They're not, they're not like, ah, oh, we're going to have to, we feel we have, we have to vote because we've got a business arrangement with the ANC where we get government spend and blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying corruption, but just mm-hmm. they've got a business arrangement with the ANC. Um, and a lot of people in business in this country have that situation because the biggest player in the economy is the government. Definitely. But Jacob Zuma has got every reason to be pissed off. He's like, I didn't do all of it. This machine was already suckling on the teat of corruption long before I came along. Yeah. Figilim Balula right, admitted to Correct. as much recently. Yeah, right. And now, and people like Figile is like, oh no, Jacob Zuma's the bad guy. Because then don't look here while we're stealing money. And right now, while the till is open, we're taking money out. Mm-hmm. Look at him, old yeah. man. Get he he's made the one it, to play. He made us lie about the pool, right? And so, so there could be two things going on here at the same time. You, yeah, you, you got to be able to chew, uh, chew, <laughs> chew, walk and gum at the same time. <laughs> chew gum and walk at the same time. And there could be an argument made for any vote that goes to the MK parties actually just to vote for the ANC because they probably will come to an arrangement after the election. Maybe even worse that the ANC, the MK party, and the EFF come together after the election in some sort of coalition, because mm-hmm. then we are truly fucked. Yeah. Truly. I think I think the latter is more likely to happen. It's a very frightening proposition. Yeah. And if that isn't enough to get you up off your ass and voting for anyone except those three... I, I, don't, I don't know, know what else will... Are, yeah, I yeah. don't know what is. Speaking of voting, mm. um, we are going to hit the road today. Yes. As part of uh, the VVIP Roadshow. There we go. That's right. The VVIP is the uh, Voters' Voices in Politics. You're wearing the shirt now. That's one of yeah. the shows we've launched as part of the podcast, podcast party, party, which is, um, I mean, this is really around the elections. And, mm-hmm. and one of the things that we'll do with the podcast party today is Democracy 101. After seven o'clock, we'll be talking to the IEC, the Independent Electoral Commission, once more to find out a little bit about them. Mm-hmm. And uh, today, precisely how the elections themselves work. Who funds the parties? How does the operational part of the elections work? How long will the ballot box, uh, the, the, the ballot actually be? How many yeah. parties are going to be on that ballot? Right, because that's another thing. It, there are a thousand parties that mm-hmm. nobody cares about that we've got to throw some of these people off of there. Honestly, honestly we do. I'm not, uh, you know, people say democracy is so wonderful. It really isn't. Mm-mm. I'm not saying it's the worst, but it's, Definitely not the most optimal situation. I feel like if I, I wish we could put all of their manifestos into like some sort of a algorithm and all of them that match just become one party. <laughs> we'll end up with maybe three political parties. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Fundo says, just Google uh, the Mkonto Sizwe party. You'll see the amount of people and cars at his rallies. It's insane. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very powerful. Very powerful. And so don't underestimate him is what I'm getting at. That, 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 I think that would be the dumbest thing we ever do. So the ANC, though, doubling down, they say they're suspending him uh, for making the Umkonto Asizwe party. So now, okay, we've got to hold them to this. And their voters, if you're an ANC supporter, I don't know why you'd be listening to this show if you're an ANC supporter, because all, <laughs> yeah, all, all I do is beat you up. <laughs> but if you're an ANC supporter and somehow you keep coming back to this show, God bless you. Yeah. But now you've got to realize, like, you're... If they if they line up with the ANC, Mkonto Asizwe, mm-hmm. lines up with the ANC after they've been treated like this, then you know you're being played. Yeah. Then you just now you have to admit, and and I'll play this clip after the election if it happens. Mm. They've just suspended him 
Jacob Zuma from the ANC. Wait, let's let's mark the date. For forming the rival organization, the, the Umkonto Esizwe Party. Mm-hmm. And they've said that uh, he is no longer allowed to be in the ANC. So if he cozies up to them or they cozy up to him after the election, then you're an idiot for having fallen for this. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yep. G's in studio, who's the guest today, says Snipes. Well, as I mentioned, we've got uh, two people from the IEC coming in for Democracy 101 a bit later on, Snipes. And we have uh, a very interesting guy called Jonathan Chadber who's popping in as part of the window seat yep. this morning, which is uh, what we do with uh, travel.co.za. And he's got an interesting uh, organization he started, which is actually doing good work called TAG, the Travel Assignment Group. And we'll find out exactly what they do in just a short while. Uh, Patrick says, I think the MK party will influence KZN, i.e. it was uh, an ANC EFF versus DAIFP, no other province in a couple of points. Okay, well, even so, KZN is our most populous province, Mm -hmm. so we should be very interested in what happens there. And it is up for grabs. It is. You know, it used to be a very solidly IFP Mm -hmm. province in the first elections, 1994. The IFP have slowly lost support in almost all parts. Then they started regaining it in some parts of KZN. Um, you know, the, the idea of Zulu and ethnic nationalism there was a big part of that. Yeah. The, the, the traditional rural vote versus the urban vote. But really it is up for grabs. I mean, it's going to have to be run by some sort of coalition. And the MK party, the Mkonto Sizwe party with Jacob Zuma as their figurehead, even if he's not the leader... Is going to steal a lot of votes from from a lot of other parties, and I think uh, the passing of King Goodwill's Wenatini cannot be understated here. Yeah, because the Zulu monarchy has lost a lot of cred. Yes, it has. I I don't this this Mr. Zulu the king mm-hmm. doesn't seem like a bad guy. No, he he doesn't seem like he's uh, actively trying to dis entangle uh, and and de-establish the the Zulu Zulu monarchy. But I do think that all of that fighting over the succession and the court battles, and what it's done is devalued it. Mm. It's made it seem a bit trashy, if you it, don't mind it, my it's, saying. It's turned and, it into politics. And the one, thing, the one thing a monarchy can't afford is to look trashy. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, people are like, well, yeah. if a king, if you call yourself a king, but you're squabbling in court the whole time, trying to get, the, get a judge, a judge to decide whether or not you're the king, then you're not the king. Yeah, it doesn't hold water anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, Slippery Pickle has a song that goes, you've got an uncle in the furniture business, Ramaphosa. <laughs> I think that has to do with his sofa. Yeah. Not? Mm. And what a rookie mistake. Like when I heard that, <laughs> when I first heard that story, I was like, okay, wait, so I can understand you having foreign currency in your house, cheesy. but in the couch, my guy. So lame. Uh, in the couch. You know, couch. You know, even Mobutu Sisi Seko, who was an over-the-top dictator, disgusting man, abused his people, put the Democratic Republic of Congo, which was that stage still called Zaire, mm-hmm. put it in the doldrums in so many ways, ruined their economy, raped it just like Leopold II of Belgium had done just a short while before. Before, yeah. Took all that money, even he. Even an evil dictator like Mobutu Sesiseko at least knew to put his money in a Swiss bank account. Is that too much to ask? Cyril 
doesn't even do it. He's like, oh, no, we'll just stuff this into the cushions. Like a like a spaza shop queen, you know? Is there space under the mattress? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, what are we doing? It's just like, we've got such parvenu leaders. They're just so unused to anything sophisticated. It's just unbelievable. And I think on some level, they they genuinely believe that the South African public is that gullible. Well, like we we'll are. just sit there Clearly and just we believe are. it. There are going to be, listen, Jack, if we're led to believe that the polls have any validity whatsoever, mm-hmm. the polls are showing that the ANC will get somewhere between 40 and 50%. I've sure. heard slightly lower. Mm. I've heard one or two that are slightly higher, but not a lot. But let's say 40%. For the most part, yeah. That still means that of the registered voters, mm. 40% of this country, almost half, yep. are stupid enough to keep being abused. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about GBV. On a philosophical level, there is no difference between the woman who gets beaten and keeps going back to the husband expecting him to change. Yep. He never will. Mm-hmm. And someone who votes for the ANC expecting them to get better. They never will. They never will. There's something about this that we like being abused. There's something about being South African that, that we, and I mean the ANC voters in South Africa. I don't mean the rest of the people because yeah. clearly the ANC voters are masochists. They want. They, they love the pain. They want to be treated. They want to see their country, their economy, their opportunities, their own lives go like this. And, and on that level, I want to just re- relate something that you brought into the show this morning, yeah. which we've got to talk about. And this is uh, Serena's open letter to the president. Now, I'm no stranger to open letters to the president, but tell us about this. So um, I came across this amazing lady, uh, Sunflower Serena on X mm-hmm. or Twitter, and she posts like a bunch of amazing ideas. Uh, sometimes she points out problems, but what's great about her is that she points out the problem and the solution. She's not one of those people that just Moans. sits on a soapbox and right. complains the entire time, right? Got you. So there's this, there's a paragraph of her open letter that I wanted to share with you and get your thoughts on. Uh, she says, the challenges facing our nation are indeed daunting, but they're not insurmountable. Surely, if you want to retain the... N- African National Congress as the ruling party of South Africa, don't you think that you could do so with a bold and decisive leadership? Surely you want to restore faith in those who held you in high regard when you entered office. Surely you want to rebuild South Africa into a country that is respected, prosperous, and just. We know that if you concentrated on supporting the people of South Africa and rebuilding our country, you would make history. Do you not want that? I think that is the most important question. She's leveling this directly at the president. Right at him. And I think it's a question that a lot of us have kind of stepped over. A lot of us didn't consider this. I've actually got a friend in Pretoria who's of the serious opinion that Cyril Ramaphosa was delivered to put the final nail in the ANC's coffin. He's, he's, job, like a, he's like a, what do they call him? Counter-revolutionary. Exactly. His job was to show up and... Fuck them up. And yeah, basically put them to bed. You see, I, it, I do not understand. And then she points to something which I think is really valuable here. Yeah. Who is against prosperity? That is such a because good question. Because the ANC's policies are incontrovertibly opposed to prosperity. They but, do not. There are a couple of things that you could press buttons on right now in the economy, mm-hmm. and it would instantly 
change change our trajectory from a downward one to an upward, upward one. Upward one. Quickly, labor laws, property rights, um, scrap the minimum wage. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of things we could do right now. Right now, they could enact them immediately while they still have a majority. Because you just need a simple majority for this stuff, and the other parties would back them. So you don't think it's a problem of imp- implementation? It's the actual policies so that they, they have in place? They don't desire to change things for the better. They don't care about people. Yeah, and we've got 30, ev- 30 years of evidence for it, right? It's yeah. not like no, it's we're not, just uh, we're sucking being, our thumbs. Suddenly and just, we've turned on them. No, yeah, no, no. All the evidence that you'd like to see. Yep. Oh, and I'm pleased that, that, that uh, this Serena, I like the sound of her. She's, she's amazing. Her. Uh, does she does she just do letters or does she do videos? And she does videos. She does comments. All how of I, How do I find her? Let's um, at Sunflower Serena. So it's Sunflower S R I N A. S I R. Sorry, S R I N A. S R I N A. Serena. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got it. You got it. Fantastic. And I love the fact that uh, right under her handle, she just writes no DMs like. She's not about that life. And you can see from her following that it's not just me who finds her fascinating. She posts unbelievable things, really uh, mind-opening things, the type of conversations that all of us should be having, not just in the corners of uh, Twitter. And then like just wherever we are in our daily lives, we should be engaging in critical thinking and pointing out some of the problems that we have. Not only that, but also coming up with solutions, which is something I enjoy about her. It's not just about making noise at all. Oh, shit, this sucks. No, here's a plausible solution that we yep. could use. Well, the solutions are there, and then it's not hard to find them. People are all standing around going, oh, I wish we could find a way out of this mess. There are obvious Tons. answers that can be answered. True. I mean, obvious questions that can be answered. There are obvious things we can start doing right now. Mm. We, if, we, we are we are actively choosing as a country not to go down that path. Yep. And I blame our leaders. I remember, you, you remember I keep saying, I don't think South Africans are mad enough. Yeah, I think you might be right. Uh, Tabo says, I think it goes back to the violent past of the country. An abused child will probably be the abuser or susceptible to abuse. It's the DNA of the ANC voters. Look at the age of the people who vote for the ANC. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. an interesting take. Muzikozwai always says we've got to wait for that generation to die, but we're out of time. We are out of time. There won't be much of a country to save if we don't do it now. Basically, half of the globe is voting this year. Mm -hmm. And with all of the things that are going to change, we need solid leadership moving forward. And if we miss this opportunity to find people that are going to steer us in the right direction, we might find ourselves in a whole heap of shit. Well, I want you to watch this video to show you the quality of our leaders. Um, Try not to laugh because this is a serious thing. This was sent to me on uh, Instagram by one of our listeners. But take a look at this. It's not, it's not um, edited to make this person look bad. This is an actual I- exchange that happened in either one of the provincial le- legislatures or I can't remember which one it is, but take a look at this. These are leaders in the Republic of South Africa. These are people who've received enough votes to be given an important role like speaker. Watch this. Honorable delegate, I now a uh, motion without notice for uh, notice with a uh, notice with motion. I would like to call those members who like to do motion, motion. Yeah, with notice. Hey, surprise is amazing. 
motion on notice ne? Yo. Um, Chair Uti, notice, is it motion without notice or notice without motion? Motion without notice. Uh, notice of a motion. Mo notice of motion without notice. Notice of motion without notice. Oh. No. Uh, sorry, honorable members. We are on motion. We are, uh, we are on notice of motion. Which one? What? Yeah. Not notice of motion. <laughs> hmm? It's a motion of notice. Who knows? Are you sure, House Chair? <laughs> We're on notice of motion. Hmm. Notice of motion. Honorable members who are on notice of motion. You can use a lifeline. You can use a <laughs> lifeline. <laughs> this is not two minutes, huh? That we've been. Honorable thinking. members who are on step number six. Ah, okay. Notice of motion. Step number six. Mm. Mm. Now she's proud of herself. All right, so that's what we've got. Uh, those are the kinds of people that we're expecting to enact laws. And then we want the people of South Africa to follow those laws, knowing that the leaders we've elected are capable, intelligent, thorough, and that they have their heart in the right place. Well, can't even decide the order of those words and what those words mean you when see, your whole job is around what those <coughs> words mean. Gareth, the problem is you gave, <clears throat> excuse me, you gave a notice without motion. That's mm. the problem. And a motion without notice. Yeah, that's the and issue. And then a motion of notice without motion. Yeah, and I, I would like to call <laughs> a, a, a point of order because uh, we need the motion before the notice and you so know what, that the, we can notice the, the motion. There are going to be a bunch of people who will say, oh, but you know, English isn't her first language. That is such nonsense because this person is paid to be speaker. They are paid over and above their salaries an MP mm -hmm. or, or an MPP yep. or whatever it is. You're paid to actually run the house. She's paid to be the speaker. Mm. Like, and she cannot speak. <laughs> I mean, come on. I don't you can't make this shit up. I don't know what to make of this. You actually can't make it up. And I, I yeah, think Elon says, just remember, English is not our home language. The average South African speaks about three to four languages. Well, then... Tell them that you're not going to do this in English because you can do that. Exactly. We have these 11 official languages, but she's chosen to embarrass herself in by English. attempting English. And don't use that excuse. This person is actually unintelligent. It's not a person who has linguistic uh, limitations. Mm -hmm. She is unintelligent. She which does is, not know why she's there. Which is a different argument. She's not sure. Is it a motion? Is it a notice? Is it a notice of a motion? Is it a motion of a notice? Is it a motion of a notice that is... Not a motion. You can't make this up, Elon. And I'm the sorry. And the fact that she holds that position without understanding just that little phrase. Imagine doing this in any other job. You'd be fired. Imagine you're at a call center, okay? Let's just take away the fact that this person is an MP and a speaker of yep. some kind. If you were in a call center on minimum wage, mm -hmm. trying to sell people insurance or God knows what, 
and you couldn't string a sentence together like that, you would not have the job. You wouldn't. You would last a day and you would be fired. And rightly, rightly so. I'd actually be surprised you that no you got use. the job in the first place. You have no utility in you a don't. call center. If you, you really cannot don't. put your thoughts together into a comprehensive sentence. Seriously. Unbelievable. It's like putting a paraplegic in a foot race. It's not happening. Right. So anyway, I, I don't understand. I, I really don't. When I see that, part of me is amused beyond belief, like I'm laughing. Sure. But a huge part of me is deeply concerned. Mm. And as sad. we should. And as sad, sad, as we should this be. This is what we've got, right? Because I, I think for, for whatever reason, uh, you know, this country on some level does not have any respect for competence. No. And as we've a been result, to, we've been told our policies have all been legislated on the basis that merit is less important than representation. It must look good. All we're doing is performance art. Like just window dress it properly, mm. and merit and competence will come afterwards. And they don't. They do not follow in that direction. What should happen first is merit. Mm-hmm. And then you will find talented and brilliant people who will represent and be diverse. There you go. But if you don't have merit up front, which the ANC's never believed in, yep. they believe in catered deployment, which is mm. the opposite of merit. Oh. That's what you end up with. You end up with a speaker like that who, who just basically is a cacophony of There jabberings. is a cacophony of jabberings at that corner. Please come to silence. You see, that's what you get. Cacophony yep. of jabberings. That's exactly it. Uh, apparently, our new driving license cards, which were initially expected to launch by March 24, that's this year, mm-hmm. uh, face delays. The procurement of the required printer is still pending. <laughs> now, on. do you remember that Fikile, when he was Minister of Transport, yeah, he told us this printer was being ordered. It was coming. So now the new Transport Minister, Sindisue Chikunga, cited complexi- complexities in the tender evaluation process. Oh, really? They're complexities. I wonder why. Any reason a tender process is complex is because someone's not getting paid what they need to get paid. Or you're trying to prevent with all the possible things you can, so much red tape, trying to prevent corruption. But it doesn't just it doesn't just happen. Mm-mm. So anyway, uh, apparently there's a compulsory site inspection that has to happen. The tender is expected to be finalized at the end of the 2023 financial year. <sighs> mm-hmm. After securing the printer, a trial period is likely before the rollout of the updated cards. A new design incorporates. So you know what? Just drive. Don't worry about yeah. your card. Just drive. Just drive. Break, break the law. It doesn't matter. What they're showing you by their, their incompetence around this machine, again, competence, mm-hmm. is that actually you don't need the card. Why bother? So a lot of people who are waiting for their driver's license cards and have gone and dutifully as good citizens stood in a queue got their license renewed, waiting for their card. Played their part. Played their part. Mm -hmm. Those people are sitting at home waiting for that card to be ready for them so they can go and collect it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of expectation placed on the part of the citizen here. But nonetheless, when it comes to government fulfilling their responsibility, they don't. And therefore, a lot of good people who want to follow the rules and be good citizens are going to say, actually, I don't need this. Mm Mm-hmm. Why do I want a card? If everybody who isn't fulfilling their obligations as a citizen, the crooks, the people who don't have a license, the people who never have a license, mm-hmm. if they just can Drive say to the around. policeman, well, your printer's not working, you can't arrest me for not having an updated license, yeah. which is what you can do, Yep. 
then why should anyone bother? So why, why bother with the rules? Throw them out. And and you know, <clears throat> the lackadaisical approach that they have to things. Why bother with a license? Yeah, why why give a fuck? Why bother? We why? know that the whole the whole system is messed up and yep. rigged. So if you are if you slip the guy a hundred rand at the driving license center, you'll get a license. There you go. So why why are we putting up with this charade? Just stop it. Just accept that this whole country, you take your life in your hands when you go on the roads. Yeah. Just accept it. Yep. Learn evasive driving mm-hmm. so that you can do the best you can in the circumstances that are thrown at you. And don't worry about the rules. I'm, yeah. I'm telling the people of South Africa who listen to this show now, don't bother with any of this. In fact, get some advanced driving lessons. That way you right. can get away when you need to get away in a half and right. you'll be nice. You'll be there sorted. We there we go. Mm. Correct. Uh, Snai says, they're very quick to offer you a temporary driver's license. I was there to renew mine last week. Luckily for me, I have a UK driver's license. I'm using that at the moment. But why do you need any of it? Why do you need any of it, actually? Come e- think Elon says, I have not had a driver's license for over five years. I'm pretty sure it's expired. That's hectic. Yeah. Hectic. Most South Africans probably have a picture of Nelson Mandela on their licenses. Yep. I imagine some people <laughs> still pull out their green ID book as their driver's license. <laughs> and when when you think about like some of the, the, the condition of some of the taxis that we see driving up and down the road, it's pretty clear that the Metro Police officers aren't doing their job. It's pretty, you know, pretty clear. I used this example the other day. When you pull up to a, a robot, a four-way stop, and you see the light is red, the only thing that stops you from ignoring the red light is the understanding that the other side is green and that those people are going. Yeah. And you know if you cross while it's red for you and it's green for them, there's a high likelihood that you will be hit. For sure. Or that there'll be an accident and someone will be hurt very mm-hmm. badly if not killed. That's what. So we've got an arrangement. The red light means you stop, stop for a bit, we'll go. The green light means now you can go and we'll stop. But once people stop following the rules, like once they... Once you can see that the driver's license thing is a scam. Is, yep. And once you realize like there's no advantage to following the rules. When you realize that the people who are on green will do what they want anyway and the people on red will do, do what, what they, they want, want anyway, anyway. Then you approach a traffic stop with anarchy in your mind and you go, I must look for a gap. Mm-hmm. I must try to read that person's feelings. It's not optimal. Yeah. But once the rules have been undermined, there's no point in following them. Yeah. In fact, you're an idiot if you sit waiting for the robot to change and it never does. There you go. Right? That's and you're tr- an idiot if everyone else is not following the rules and you think you're still being a good person by doing it. Exactly. In fact, you'll be lucky if you find the robot working. So let's just accept that... Every with- intersection is a four-way stop. You'll figure it out yeah. on and, your own. And you don't need a driver's license. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. So there we go. Um, a hundred rand for a license that's cheap where says Steve uh, it's cheaper to pay the fine than waste my day in a line that's also a good point because you know they've made it so difficult yeah but when they want those fines they'll, they'll, they'll come get it well you don't pay those either <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a middle uh, finger to I you. I mean, yeah. the whole thing falls apart from there, right? Like the whole innatus, which we were told was yeah, a Yeah, yeah, some great... All of it you can ignore. If, if they start messing up at the driver's license level, which, again, this is not the fault of any South African citizen. You can not at us, all, yeah. You can call us lawless and, and capricious and, uh, and ill-disciplined. You can call us that. 
But we're only like that because we know we can get it's away. It's the cards with. we've been dealt. Seriously. It's where we can get away with it. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, they, they sometimes set up these roadblocks where they check your tickets and all of this stuff. It's like, but what, what are you actually going to do about it? Do you expect me to pull that money out right now and pay you? I don't have it right now. What are you going to do? Arrest me? Write That's me, not write happening. Write me the ticket. And then as soon as you drive away, you crumple Just that up and you throw, throw it out. out. There we go. Not Goodbye. out on the passenger seat. Oh, yes. Littering. No littering. We don't need to add to the trouble. There you go. We, so don't add to the trouble, but certainly don't follow the rules that are no longer going to give any advantage to society. So let's keep the country clean, but... Let's at least try that. Do let's whatever least, you want. Because at least that has to do with human dignity and your personal yeah. dignity. Like if, you, if you're throwing shit around like a zoo animal, then... That's you, problematic, yeah. That's a, bad, that's a bad thing. Terrible. You know, turf your feces at all the other animals. But, yeah. But this is, um, this is something that's really... It's occurring to me more and more that the only... The thin veneer of... People acting in a civilized society in in lawful ways towards each other. Once that's that that veneer is rubbed off, and people can see that the system actually is no longer delivering any value to them, why would they follow the rules? If this printer and the minister of transport can't get their act together, if the Department of Transport wants us to follow the rules and Get these driver's licenses, which we have to pay for and we yep. have to renew every five years. God knows why every five years. It, it should last for the whole of your life. Yeah, um, like do you lose you your driving you, ability You, you forget somehow? to drive somewhere somehow. in between. And if you do, if you have a traumatic brain injury or you've uh, fallen off, or, off a stepladder or something, then you obviously lose the ability to do certain things. Of course. So you have to renew those things or not, mm. as the case may be. But as for the rest of us, if you could still see – if you can still hear, if you can still use your limbs, no reason why you'd need to just drive your driver's license. Yeah, it doesn't right? make sense. Anyway, it's a money-making scheme. So now we look through it. Mm-hmm. We can see how transparent it is. Why bother? Do I hear any arguments to the contrary? No. I don't think so. Nope. Uh, Color says, I had a screaming match with a debt collector for TV licenses oh. yesterday, threatening to blacklist me, not because of unpaid uh, TV licenses. It is paid but because of the handover fees that are still due. What the fuck is a handover fee? This is the law firms, inverted commas, because I don't think they're real law firms, that handle the debt collection for the SABC. So So, that they can continue giving us rubbish television. hmm. Because you're expected to pay. This is what you do as a citizen. You're expected to help incompetent, useless organizations that do nothing for us, like the SABC. And I think those days are over. We don't have money. Do you have extra money to give the SABC Hell so no. they can churn out shitty TV? Hell no. No. Over my dead body. Right. Uh, Snai says, I'm with Gareth in this one. Don't pay your fines. Wait two years and they'll be gone. This mm-hmm. is how the incompetence of our government works for the citizens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, accept that you're in a country where these things don't work mm-hmm. and live by those rules. Yep. And anybody who says this morning that we're basically preaching insurrection. No, no, we didn't make the situation. The situation is what it is. We're just saying make, make the best of it. You've got to make it work for you. Yeah, if there's a loophole, exploit it. Why not? I mean, the people in government surely don't have a problem with doing that. Why can't we? And since they are the quote-unquote leaders, we'll follow their lead. So guess what, guys? Uh, ANC people, this is what incompetence gets you. Yep. If you're still wondering who to vote for in the next election. 
That's all I'm going to say. Because <laughs> really, that's where that's what it boils down to. And that yes. election is coming up fast on the horizon. Mm-hmm. You've got time. Yes, you do. And I hope you make the right decision. Isn't it a registration weekend this, this weekend? This weekend, yes. Yeah. Um, Friday and Saturday. I think the 3rd and the 4th. There yeah. you go. Um, so people, you must go out there and register to vote. And let's let's go out in our numbers. Let's make sure that at least we are on the voters' roll. When the day is finally announced as to when we'll be we'll be voting, then we go out in our numbers and vote. And I personally am not going to tell you who to vote for. I'm going to tell you who not to vote for. <laughs> the guys that we've had for the past thirty years—that's the one we do not vote for. Yeah. So there's a story in the uh, UK at the moment. They are banning disposable vapes. Mm as a part of plan to tackle the rising number of young people taking up vaping, the UK government says. Measures will also be introduced to prevent vapes from being marketed at children and to target underage sales. So again, you don't change the behavior of young people, you change the marketing and advertising. Unbelievably stupid. And marketing and advertising have an effect, sure, on behavior. They're not completely unrelated. But how about addressing the children? How do they get out scot-free from this? How do the parents get away scot-free from it? I actually wanted to bring up the parents because I was having a conversation with a couple of my friends the other day and I wanted to find out, are we the bitch-ass parents or are we raising bitch-ass kids? That's what I want to know. One of the two. And from my point of view, I think we're the soft parents. Like, for some odd reason, kids are allowed to be little tyrants and get their way all the time. As if telling them no is going to, you know, break their world into pieces or something like that. Like, they're not that soft. These kids are not soft. Kids are a lot more resilient than we give them credit for. And if we were to give them things that actually uh, fortify them and make them a lot tougher, we'll be better off. So if you've got a kid who's walking around with a vape pen, I suggest you snatch it out of his or her hand and explain to them exactly why they can't have those things. So... I saw at the garage on Thursday last week when I was there to buy a coffee for Pumi and I that there's this huge big bin outside the front door of the ga- that you throw your used vapes into. Mm-hmm. Apparently they can be recycled, I don't know. Some shit like that, yeah. Something like that. I mean, it's a, it, and the thing was full. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that there are just hundreds of people who are actually, these are the ones who are dropping it into the recycle instead of just throwing mm, it yeah, away yeah, yeah. with the rest of their rubbish. Because mm-hmm. you can imagine how many vapes are being thrown away in the normal rubbish and never Tons. recycled. Yeah. Okay, so that gives you an indication of how big that market is. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of young people smoking these vapes. And I mean like people in their early 20s or younger. Yep. And I'm, I'm wondering, you see, I'm not in favor of anyone banning anything like smoking, drinking. People are going to do that stuff anyway. Anyway, yeah. And if they're not vaping, they'll be doing worse. Yeah. So address the behavior. Talk to young people. Tell them what popcorn lung is. Mm. Explain what that is. Then yep. maybe they'll stop vaping. Yep. But if they're not prepared to take their own health more seriously than they're vaping, then why would they take the government seriously? This is what I have to ask Richie Sunak or Rishi Sunak or whatever his name is this Prime Minister of the UK. UK, yeah. Like, dude, why would the people of the United Kingdom take you more seriously than they would their own health? And if they prefer 
vaping to being healthy, let them. Let them. What is it to you? Right? You don't have any business telling them what to do. Very true. Especially if there's other ways to target the problem or at least to come up with a solution for the problem. Right. Exactly. Anyway, so that's what they're doing in the UK. Apparently, figures from the Action on Smoking Health charity suggest 7.6% of 11 to 17-year-olds, almost 10% of of 11 to 17-year-olds now vape regularly or occasionally. So there we go. So a vape pen in SA goes for about 100 rand or more. Okay. How is an 11-year-old getting their hands on a vape pen? They're getting that money? Someone's buying it for them. There you go. So, or, or, or they're getting money from their parents. So whoever is yeah. procuring these things for these right. kids is the problem. Right. And the government can't just intervene and say, right. no, this is a bad idea. No, like parents need to step up and actually be parents. Uh, you're speaking uh, to someone who's not a parent. So, you know, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Well, All right. It's time for us to do the window seat. This is one of the most fun things we get to do every week or two. It's with travel.co.za, and today we're talking to Jonathan Gerber. Jonathan, it's so nice to see you. How are you? I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, You're good. Yeah, great. Thank yeah, you. Excellent. 24 started off well. Thank you. I'm very happy. So we, we talk travel as a part of this show every week. Um, and, of course, you've got uh, your own travel business, and we're going to talk about TAG in a second. But we're also going to talk about the TAG Foundation, which uh, I know that you founded and which is doing amazing good work. But just tell us about your business. Yeah, so we're a, um, we're a partner of Tourvest, uh, travel.co.za. Um, right. we're, we're their biggest franchise partner. Um, we started 15 years ago. Uh, that's the stable I come from. I used to be the CEO of uh, Tourvest Travel. That's right. And um, yeah, I've been I've been on my own with uh, with the help of Tourvest as a franchise partner for 50 over well this year 16 years now. It's been that's a long phenomenal. time. Yeah, mm. and and. You were there from 2001 to 2007, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing business. This, the, the tourism and travel business is just huge. And people will find money somehow. Uh, there are lots of people who make travel the priority for themselves every yeah. single year. Uh, it, for many people, is the only time they get to actually enjoy themselves because they're <laughs> working so bloody hard in this country. So it's it's a great thing to be involved in. But it's also been through its challenges. I mean, you must have been very worried during COVID, for example. I hate to even bring it up because now yeah. we're trying to move on please, from it. We, we, exactly. I was yeah. going to say, not we, have, have we not moved on, please? I know, I know. <laughs> but you guys survived that and yeah, you looked after everybody who worked for you, yeah. which is, again, something that no one's going to be running around patting anyone on the back for, yeah. but yeah. you did it. Yeah, thank you. I mean, uh, Jolene, who works for you, is my one of my favorite people in the whole world. Please don't tell her. No, she's the best. <laughs> she's the best. I was actually talking to her on social media over the weekend. She's hilarious and she's so good at what she does. And she's like the people's person of people's Yeah, people. we, you know? we're very lucky to have her and, and, and to have most of our staff actually. But, you know, the problem with travel and, and COVID aside is that literally you're as good as your last ticket. So, yeah. so you can provide somebody with 25 great holidays. They can have a wonderful time. Right, you you provide them with one bad <laughs> one experience, bad one. Yeah. and and it's no good. And and fortunately, people with like Jolene, uh, we're ensure that 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 we do uh, dot the i's, cross the t's, and and that people have a good time. For so sure. yeah, we're lucky. Right. We sell dreams. So apparently, you have um, something in common with Jack here, and, yeah. And this is around the Tag Foundation. So you started this in two thousand and nine. Just tell us what the Tag Foundation is, and what the vision was at the beginning of this. And and you've already. I think you've got 50 boys who are at Kez and 14 girls who are at Parktown Girls. 
yeah. who are being supported by the the Tag Foundation. Yeah, so so I mean, as a business, we obviously had some BE requirements, um, and my wife and I are quite passionate South Africans, and we thought, you know what, rather than just match what you have to do, so pay some company the two percent or the one percent, well, why don't we actually try and do something with the cash that we need? Um, to get the right points and to do something, we we passionate South Africans. We're not going anywhere. Everybody, I've heard that. I've heard make a real thing. difference. Don't just make some uh, connected person in politics rich. Correct, correct. And and so we started off um, in two thousand and nine. Uh, we had one kid. His name was Foxy Lenwabo and Clerky. Mm-hmm. Um, great kid. Um, and with all due respect to to Foxy, and he'll tell you, uh, they told us, look, you're going to take on this kid. He's a great kid. He's a very talented sportsman. But the chances are he's probably not going to pass my trick. Um, so, you know, that was our challenge. So so we took him on. Guess what? He passed my trick. He got a varsity pass. Fantastic. Mm. Uh, and and if, he, if he does a few more subjects, he'll actually get his degree. Um, so, you know, those are some of the small success stories that, that we've taken on. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the best thing we've ever done, actually. So as a as a former Kes boy myself, ah, you see, I knew he um, was close with. Yeah, you see, <laughs> uh, I, you know, hearing hearing those kind of stories, I'm 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 a happy go lucky kind of guy. So hearing those kind of stories puts a smile on my face. What do you think is uh, the Tag Foundation's most notable achievement? Yo, so so we we've got a few. Um, uh, one of them was getting Foxy to pass metric. Yeah, um, and and we do provide extra help, extra maths, extra science, because those tend to be the subjects where the guys really battle the most. Mm. Um, but I mean, just just some. We we've got two chartered accountants that have graduated from our program. That's amazing. Wow. Uh, we've had three South African schools rugby players. We've had two South African schools cricket players. But but um, Jonathan, I just want to stop you for a second. It's not just money. Uh, I mean, a lot of these kids don't have the the financial resources to get into a school like that but yep. it's way more than that yep. mm. you're helping them with everything yep. you're helping them with uh, with meals you're helping them with shoes you're helping them with uniforms yep. you're helping them with everything yeah um yeah so so for us we prefer the the, the boys look parktown girls is a different story because they don't have boarding but we prefer the boys to be in boarding yeah because we can control things like prep their meal times, the fact right. that they are actually getting fed. Mm. Um, we can see their uniforms. Uh, we've got our program manager, Senzo Mkize, who actually lives on the property at King Edwards. He's, he's what they call a stooge. Um, he's been there for three years now. So, so he's a duty master. So he can see when the kids are battling. He can see when the uniform's not looking good. Mm. He can talk to them when they don't look happy. Uh, he can he can celebrate with them when they are happy. It's amazing. Uh, it's so like it's like you're, you're you're creating almost like a proxy father for them. Correct. And for many of these guys, they would have had none of that if it wasn't for the Tag Foundation. Correct. And and one of our success stories you asked me about our success story. Senzo is actually an old Tag Foundation boy. Oh really? Ah. Yeah. So so um, he went through King Edward's five years uh, with the help of Tag Foundation. He then he was a talented rugby player. He went to the Northwest University and he graduated with a BA in communications. Um, and he's now our program manager uh, for the Tag Foundation. So that's, you, you know, it's the full circle. That's full it's, circle, it's, yeah. It's, uh, it's a wonderful story and, and that's something we're extremely proud of. So people often look at these things and they say, you know, to the noble achievement thing, it's like how many people have you helped? Because that's also, it's a good barometer to see how you're doing. Sure. And you know, for a foundation like this, how do you measure success? Is it the individual stories or is it the number of people you've helped or is it, you know, the, 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 the look in someone's eyes when they've achieved something for themselves with a little bit of assistance? 
Yeah, so it's that's it's quite a long and complicated question. But but for us, what I think what we've done is obviously the boys they tell their own stories, and you can see the successes that they achieve, and some of the failures actually, because that's part of the learning process. Right. Mm. Um, but what we've what we've helped to do is to create a community around King Edwards and around Parktown that realise that this is something that's bigger than themselves. So so we've got many. It's not just us. We've got many donors that that give us money because they trust the process, they trust the fact that we will look after these kids and that it's not just money and then giving my Section 18A for tax purposes and I'm moving on. Because no, there are mm. a lot of businesses that, that do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, so we are a hands-on uh, charity. We look after, f- well, we started with one boy, we've now got 50 boys this year. Amazing. Uh, as you can imagine, King Edwards, and, and the reason we, we chose a school like King Edwards, obviously I was involved there, I'm an old boy, um, but we just see so much better value for money there than, than the private schools. And that's not knocking the private schools. Um, but at King Edward's full boarding and, and day fees, is this year we're just busy paying the – so to be a boarder is about 145,000 rand, hmm. which is expensive. Hmm. But, at, but at a private school, you're looking at over 300,000 rand. Sure. Yeah. So, so, so we can get two-for-one value for money, if I can call it that. Um, and, and you have no idea how the schools, King Edwards and Parktown girls, uh, get behind us, support us. You can see their teachers. Um, and, and, and we've tried to create this environment where it's, you can be proud to be a take it. You know, often you, 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 you're a bursary boy or girl and you come into the school and, and you left. Now, you don't know how they operate. Mm. You, you don't have that background. You go on sports tours. You don't have, you don't have pocket money. Um, you don't have tuck on a weekend when all the other guys go home, and you. Mm. So, so, so we try and fill those gaps as well. That's incredible. So you, you know, have to think of a lot of things. Yeah, it's a, it's a holistic <laughs> approach. You're not just putting them through school. It's it's looking at the entirety of their lives at that point. A hundred percent. And 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 when they when they matriculate, we just had Caleb Lombard. He matriculated at King Edward's this year. He was summa cum laude. He got academic colors, sports Probably colors, and cultural uh, colors. Cultural yeah. colors. Um, he got five A's for matric. Wow, uh, he's, wow! He's got a he's got a rugby bursary through the Lions, uh, and he's studying a BSc of Science at at Wits this year. So amazing! But but I'm very lucky. I mean, my wife really she 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 takes her mother motherly role extremely seriously. Our kids have flown the coop and and, and they're out the house, um, and and this is just something that she absolutely you got fifty other kids to. that you didn't know about. Or sixty four, yeah. sixty four actually, yeah. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, yeah, and so she's also very hands-on. She mm. she's extremely hands-on. I mean, I I I generally talk to the donors. I, I try and work out ways that we can get the funding, do whatever. But the love of her life is looking after these kids, dealing with them, Amazing. talking about their problems, getting them solutions. Yeah. Uh, it really is an incredible thing to watch. Very you know, proud of her. I think this might be a difficult question to answer, but like, what does the future look like for Tag Foundation? Okay, so. That is, so when we started, we, we said, okay, we'll take on Foxy. We've got one boy. We, we think we're doing our job. We, we, you know, we, we're the good South Africans. Right. Uh, we then <laughs> said, okay, what is our vision? So our vision said, okay, we, we'd like one boy per grade at King Edwards. Mm. So five boys across the grades. Then we got people sort of <laughs> bought into what we were doing. We, we got funding from, from some corporates and some, from f- some friends and, and some people. Uh, and then we thought, okay, well, five cheapest. Okay, maybe we should go to – and now we're at 50. Yeah. Uh, just at King Edwards. Yeah. Uh, Eventually then, you even run the school. <laughs> then then somebody said to us, yeah, but, but, you know, we really – you know, with with the problem with, with, with fatherly figures, I mean 61% of South African children mm. don't have fatherly figures. Yeah. Mm. So, so 
the mother is a, is a critical role in, in South Africa if, yeah. if we are to believe in the future. So, so then we got involved with Parktown Girls. Again, we started with four girls. Now we've got 14 girls. Yeah. So, you, you know, those roles are forever developing. But I, I would say I, I never want to put anybody under any pressure mm. um, to, to be able to fund these kids. And the last thing that I would want to do is be in a position where we take somebody on board and for whatever reason we're unable to fund to pull them. Through, yeah. so, so I would say we will get to as big as we possibly can get to and, and still maintain the control and the intimacy mm. um, of knowing those children, what they like, what they're talented at, what they want to be doing, um, and actually provide fathers and mothers for the future of the nation. That's where we want to get to. That's brilliant. Well, it's a, it's a huge responsibility. I love the fact that there are organizations like yours, businesses like yours. It's not an NGO. You've just got this foundation running alongside it. Yep. And that there are so many other people that you've been able to rope in through your business connections, friends, as you say, people who care about this country, who are helping as well. If you want to find out more, you can go to tagfoundation.co.za. That's tagfoundation.co.za. And you can find them on X, on Facebook, on Instagram, at Foundation Tag. And of course, all of this is brought to you by travel.co.za. And uh, you know our friends at Turvest as well. Yeah. Terrific people. They've been great partners to us. And just uh, just to add, they, they currently sponsor, well, they, they did sponsor two boys at King Edwards last year. Lissetti Sholi's just, just graduated or matriculated. Uh, he's now also a stooge at King Edwards. He's going to take on his, um, he's a cricket coach there as well. And he's studying at Vits this year. Mm. Um, and then they've taken on two girls for this year at Parktown Girls. So, so they're, a, they're a willing partner and, and a great partner to us as well. That's superb. Yeah. That is fantastic. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you very much thank for popping Thank you very much for your morning. time. I really and, appreciate and, it. Yeah, it's great to see you, Jonathan. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll see you again soon. Yeah. Thank you, Gary. I, I was going to go into a whole thing about like you and travel and where you've been, and, but we'll be here for a whole year. <laughs> yeah. You've, you've been in this maybe, business Maybe next time. Yeah, as no, a, for sure. Come in any time. As thank a parting shot, much. I'll say, come on the Reds. Go school. <laughs> all right very good there's some cares old boys getting all uh like yeah i had nostalgic to do with each other there i for had a, to do yeah, it i get it i get it so <laughs> it's fine all right so we have an entire hour of democracy 101 coming up next yep with the independent electoral commission and we'll be mm. talking to them about a number of things but most especially we're going to be talking about how funding works the party funding uh because the iec actually gives money to the parties if which which I, I've, I've got a visceral reaction to that. But uh, we'll, we'll find we'll, out we'll about that on. and yeah. the operations of the actual election, how it all actually works. So mm. we'll get into that in a short while too. Cliffcentral.com, it is a Tuesday morning. Good morning to you. Stick around. There's plenty of good stuff on the way. Yep. Cliffcentral.com.